Well, good morning, everyone. If you're out in the, in the cafe, come on in, come join us. We're really excited about this service. This is going to be something we're going to be doing monthly as we continue to seek God, God and build His kingdom and build unity in our fellowship here. And so I hope you just enjoy this time. Let's worship, trusting in the hope found in Him. Let's sing together. about this that gets me a little bit excited. I don't know about you, and I, I've said this many times, but I don't think we're going to get to heaven and be just kind of up there, well, I'm glad I'm here. I think we're going to be rejoicing, amen? So here's what I want us to do. I want you to take, we've done this before, a little exercise. Take, show me this hand. Be your, your right, my left. Show me the other one. Both of them, okay, now put them together. excited about this year starting off January 1st 2017 coming together as one body and that is our heartbeat with this service it's going to be a little bit different we're excited to have first service second service in one service worshiping one God as one body and so here's what I want us to do before we go any further I want you to go and find somebody hang on 
find somebody that doesn't attend your service. If you look at them and know that if you're in first service and you know they go to first service, don't shake hands with them. Go find somebody that attends that, that you know doesn't attend your service. Maybe they don't come and they're just guests. Maybe they go to second service. But find at least two people that does not attend your service and welcome them, greet them. You want to shake their hand, give them a high five, give them a hug, whatever that looks like. But right now, go, go fellowship, spend some time getting to meet somebody new, and we'll come back and worship in just a second. Now, I know you're tempted to, to get their life story and all that. I hope you have. I hope you are intrigued by just meeting someone and might get a chance to meet them a little bit new. But go ahead and make your way back to your seats. We're going to continue worshiping our God because he is good and he is a big God. He is going to do greater things than we could ever imagine. So as you make your way back to your seats, let's pray. And then we'll worship some more. Pray with me. Father, thank you so much for the good news found in Jesus. That news is good yesterday, it is good today, and it will be good forevermore. And so we trust in you in the powerful name of Jesus, and we ask that you would do your good work here at Smoke Rise Baptist Church. As we come together in this service, may it just be a time of unity, may it just be a time of encouragement, may it be a time of desiring to see you glorified. Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would have freedom to move, to work in our hearts, that you would show up, God, and you would show out because you are that big. Father, I pray that as we sing now, God, we would be, just as we're singing, our hearts would desire to be a generation that seeks your face, a generation that desires to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, to see you glorified to see your name proclaimed in our community. May you be honored and glorified right now in Jesus' name. Amen.
further, I know that that is our desire. I strongly believe that is the desire of our church, that we desire to seek God with all of our heart. And I, There's just something, even as we were practicing that God, the Spirit of God said, we, we need to do that this morning. We need to stop and do that. And so I'm going to ask, it's going to be a little different. Some of us, we don't want you, you get a little, we get a little nervous when things are a little different. But I believe the Spirit of God desires to draw us into that different walk. He, des- he draw, desires to draw us to be different. So I'm going to ask us if that, if that's our desire, if that's our desire as a church, then we need to, we need to do that now. So I'm asking you, if you would, if you just come down front, if you want, just if you desire to seek God this year, 2017, that we would be that generation, that we would be that, those people to seek after him. Come down front. And I just, I, I'm, all I want you to do is just for, for just the next minute or so to just lift your hands, lift your voices, cry out, ask God right now, God, may I be a generation. May I be one that seeks your face with all of our heart. May I be one that seeks you, that loves you, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Cry out to Him. Ask Him to do something big. Stubblefield to come up for just a second. The joy is, is being on staff and being the only staff member here right now. I get to, I get to, I get to do what I want, Stub. I get to lead how we go. I love this man. I'm going to ask him to pray for our church. I'm going to ask him to pray that we would seek God with all of our hearts as the body of Christ, that we would seek him with our heart, soul, mind, and strength as a church. Father, we give you thanks for the many blessings this hour, Lord. We pray just now that every heart here 
particular those that stand in front here this morning, Lord. Every heart is in tune to you, Lord, that we seek you first in our life. Lord, that this uh, brand new year, Lord, that uh, uh, we would serve you faithfully this entire year. We thank you again for our church, for our members, for our church family, for the ones that's, to, that's leading. We pray especially for Brother Henry as he leads this service today. We give you the glory and the honor on everything, Lord. We know you're in charge, Lord, and we know you love us, and we do love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask uh, Bo Dow, or one of our other elders, to come up for just a second. And, and Bo, I'm going to ask you to pray over our families. As one who walking in this right now, I've come to love this man and just the example of what he is doing for the kingdom and his family and seeing God be glorified. I remember his testimony as we, uh, as we were recording a video of what God did with uh, little Ames and everything and just hearing the work there, just, uh, it just there was just something about that that I knew the Spirit of God was in that. So pray over our families that our families would do just that. We would, that our families would seek God, our, our fathers would, would lead, that we would, we would honor and glorify God in, in the family. Heavenly Father, you've called so many people here, God, to this church, to this place, Father. I pray, God, that we will be the families that are coming together, uniting as a body, God. That we would be there for the children that are next to us, for the families that are members of this church, Father. We'd be willing to step out and do as you've called us to do, Father. Lead. Be men of God. Be supportive of our wives, the family members that need us. Be willing to do whatever you've called us to do, Father. We love you so much. And you've been a perfect example of a father to us. May we go out and do the same. May we be willing to do anything that you call us to do, Father. I love this church. I love the people of this church, God. Unite us, Father, as a family. To do your work. To do what you've called us to do. We love you so much. God, may this next year be a year of reap rewards for you, Father. We love you. We love you. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. And lastly, it's not an elder, but I know he's, he's doing the work of the kingdom. I'm going to ask Steve Nelson to come up and, and, and pray for our community. Had a chance to see God use this man uh, and to build God's kingdom and share in the gospel. And he has a heart for for our church, heart for our community, though, to see Jesus, see the enemy defeated, see Jesus be glorified and do something big. So I would ask that you just ask just that, Steve. Heavenly Father, God, we just, uh, I just thank you, God, to, to be part of a church that loves you so much, Lord God. Father, part of a church that has a heart for lost people, Lord a heart for hurting people. And Lord, you've shown me that there, there's so many people, God, hurting that are just in our community here. And God, you've shown me too that all we have to do is trust you. Lord, that you'll bring people to us. You'll bring people 
in our path, God. Lord, help each one of us here to be willing this next year, Father, to serve you, to trust you, God, that when you when you bring people to us, Father, you lead us in every way. You give us exactly what to say, what to do. Father, you just want us to be obedient. And Father, I pray that each one of us here, Lord, will be obedient this next year. Lord, just to, just to show love to people, to hurting people, Father. We'd all be willing to be your hands and your feet. God, that's all you ask. That's all you require. Holy Spirit, you'll do the rest. You'll do the rest. That's all we need to do is show love. And God, that's my prayer this morning for each of us. Father, we love you. Thank you so much, God, for the God that you are, how awesome you are. I love you so much, Father. Thank you for my family, for my church, for the leaders here in this church, God. We just thank you and love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. As you make your way back to your seats, let's just sing that one more time. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our soul to another. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our soul to church giving praise this morning.
Let's pray. We'll ask our ushers to come forward to receive our offering this morning. Father, you are good. And you are here. God, we know that your name is going to be praised. And so, God, why not us? Why can't we be part of that? God, you desire us to be. You desire us to give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. One day, we will forevermore. So God, I pray that our hearts would be stirred to start now. And Father, we love you, God. We ask that you would be praised not only during the time as we sit, lift our voices and sing, but God, as we hear your word and we let it do its good work, which is to transform us into the likeness of your Son. God, I pray that your word would be proclaimed with boldness and with clarity this morning. And God, I ask that you would do great things this year and for the years to come as part of Smoke Rise Baptist Church. May we be your church. God, I pray that we would walk in obedience in every area. God, may we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. And everybody said amen. You may be seated. Amen. 
Amen. Don't forget, I know it was on there, I know holiday season uh, can kind of let things sneak up on us, but uh, don't forget next Sunday, January 8th is next Sunday when we kick off our 21 days of fasting and prayer as a church, and that is a great time, just an intense time, but a specific time when we cry out and ask God again to do something big. That's For some reason, that's what God is stirring in my heart for this year, that he would do a big work that only he can do because he is a big God. Well, we have a, a special treat for you this morning. Brandon Doss is joining us. Uh, he is from Cultivate Church. Uh, we've had Brandon Matthews come, and he is a co-pastor at Cultivate Church. They are actually coming up next week, you said, uh, on five years at Cultivate. Now, where is Cultivate Church? Where? Alabaster, down in Alabaster, and so uh, he's coming to share God's word, and so why don't you just uh, welcome him, and, and, and he's going to come and share the word of God, let God do his work. Uh, give him a, a smoke rise welcome, and, and thank him for being here. Thank you. All right, good morning, everyone. Come on, I'm glad you're here. Who stayed up late last night? Too late, too late. I've turned into an, I've turned into an older man than I thought I was. Last night about 11 o'clock, they started shooting fireworks in my neighborhood. And I live in a townhome, so it felt like they were shooting fireworks in my house. And we got, a pretty, we got pretty angry. <laughs> my wife, I had to calm her down a little bit, but we made it through the night, and we're here this morning. And it's an honor to be with you guys. Uh, again, I'm Brandon Doss, and uh, we planted a church five years ago, January 8th. Uh, 2012. And man, God has just been faithful to our church. And in five years, we've seen a little over 600 people uh, give their heart to Jesus and begin to walk and follow him. And uh, it's just been an incredible ride, an incredible journey, a roller coaster journey for sure. But man, it's been a blast to see God move in Alabaster and Shelby County. And today I want to talk to you. If you've got your Bibles, you can pull those out. Uh, it's a brand new year. Come on, January. Who was glad to see 2016 go? 2016 go. Now, many of us probably have had our own challenges. We probably uh, we could probably um, share stories with one another and and probably surprise us all with the stories that we've encountered through 2016. And uh, my wife and I, we had our second child in April 2016. His name is Shepherd, and he came a little bit early, so it gave us a little bit of a scare. We were in the NICU for uh, quite a few weeks, and then you guys have met Brandon Matthews. He's my best friend. We planted together and. Their child was born six weeks after our child on our due date, and he was eight weeks early. So needless to say, we've spent a lot of time in the hospital uh, in 2016. And, but man, God's been faithful. All of our children are healthy, and uh, Asher, their, their little boy, has uh, given them a brand new idea of life, <laughs> that first kid and first baby, and man, it was, uh, it's, been, it's been a journey for them, and it's been a, a, just a, a great year, and many of us probably could tell all those different stories, and we've got good stories and bad stories, and I thought today I wanted to talk to you about how we get past our past, because moving into a brand new year, looking forward to 2017, you've probably all already uh, maybe have written down in a journal or thought already some of the New Year's resolutions that you were going to uh, accomplish this year, some goals that you've set out to, to make happen. And uh, many of us had goals in 2016. I had a lot of goals in 2016. I accomplished maybe a couple of goals in 2016. So we've got all these goals. And a lot of times it's hard to look forward because we, can't, we tend to want to look back a lot. We tend to want to focus on what happened, and 
what could have happened and what should have happened and what might have happened if I would have made this decision or that decision, or maybe if this relationship had worked out, or that financial season of life, maybe if it would have gone a little bit different, maybe it would look different today, and, and my resolutions might look a little bit different. And it's hard sometimes to maybe look forward to what God has for us, because we're kind of stuck in the past. I'll tell you a story. When I was 12 years old, I lost my front tooth right here, right here. I got it knocked out. Let me tell you how. Uh, I was playing in the neighborhood, and we were in my friend's basement, and they had this in-house gym, and they had a lot of dumbbells in this house, and we were bored. We were tired of playing outside and cooling off, and so they, they dared me. They said, Brandon, I bet you can't curl this particular dumbbell, and the truth is I shouldn't have been curling it, and I probably couldn't, uh, obviously couldn't do very well with it, but I, I, you know, nobody dares me to do anything without me at least trying, so I grabbed the dumbbell, and I picked it up, and I grunted really hard, and uh, I pulled it, and I got it right here, and I got it up. But the problem is I couldn't keep it up. It came back in my mouth and knocked my front tooth out. And, and I, was, I was scared to death. It hurt. I ran home. I didn't want to feel stupid, so I told my mom that I got it knocked out playing football. So I didn't want to tell her that I had, was, was in some you know, lifting weights I shouldn't have lifted. And, but, you know, she took me to the dentist, and they put a, a fake tooth in, and, and everything was great. And I was uh, about 15 years old. I had met who is now my wife, and we were going on a date to a haunted house. Anybody been to Sloss Furnace? in Birmingham. Anybody, 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 some of you. We were on uh, at the at Sloss Furnace in Birmingham, and if you know much about walking around, there's lots of stairs and lots of places that you can bump your head. So we're going through the haunted house, and we go walking down some stairs, and out of nowhere, it was dark, I couldn't see, I bumped my head, and lo and behold, my fake tooth fell out of my mouth. I had just met my wife, my, my girlfriend at the time, and I thought, well, this is over. I mean, I look like a pumpkin right now. There's no way. So I just kept my mouth shut the whole time. We go to the uh, doctor the next day. It's horrifying. They put another fake tooth in my mouth, and everything's fine. And I asked my wife, to, I asked my girlfriend then at the time to marry me, and she said yes. And 21 years old, we're going to get married. And the day before I get married, I kid you not, the day before we say I do, I hit a bump in the road. Driving down the road, I hit a bump in the road, and my tooth fell out of my mouth. Church, I don't know if you know this much, but it's not good to go to your wedding day toothless. All right? So I, I mean, I had an emergency. I ran to the dentist, and I said, listen, you got to fix it. I'm getting married tomorrow. you got to fit me in. And I thought I would never get over knocking my tooth out. It's like every single time I'm reminded of a dumb decision I made when I was 12 years old. Has anybody ever made a decision in your life? And for whatever reason, season after season, something always seems to come up to remind you of the dumb decision that you made years ago. You know, the Bible tells us about that, and I think it's encouraging for us to know that there is a way to get past our past. And there's oftentimes we think we'll never get over it and we'll always be hindered in our future because of decisions we've made in our past. But if you've got your Bibles with you, I want you to open those to Isaiah chapter 1. I want to share with you just two primary passages of Scripture that we're going to camp on today. It's Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. It's on the screens this morning if you don't have your Bible with you. It says, Come now let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will, they shall become like wool. 
Meaning God is telling his people and he's telling us, listen, let's just reason this thing together. I know you're messed up. I know you've made some bad decisions. I know you're living in the past and can't move forward to your future. But let's reason this thing together. Let's talk it out. Even though you're messed up and even though you've made some bad decisions, I can make it all new again. I can take what's soiled and make it white as snow. And then there's another passage in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. This is probably one of my favorite passages of Scripture. In all of the Bible, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. If you're reading the Bible, and anytime you see that word, therefore, in Scripture, it means because of this. So when you're reading Scripture and you see therefore, you might want to just read a couple of sentences up. Read a couple of paragraphs up and find out why in the world are they talking about that. And if you read in that passage, it talks about what they used to be. How they used to live. The life, the decisions that they used to make. And he said, because of this, because of who you once were, anyone who is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And it says, all this from, is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So there's often times in my life when I look back on the decisions that I've made and wish that maybe we had done it a little bit different. And it's times that that happens in my life that I want to rely on three promises from God's word. And I want to share those with you today. Three promises from God's word. When the enemy comes in like a flood and, man, depression sinks in, uh, sinks in and, and, and you're, you're kind of all on, oh, me, and there's no way it'll ever get any better because of the decisions that I've made. There's some promises in God's word that can overcome that. And we can begin to look forward to the future that God's planned for all of us. So if you're taking notes this morning, you can pull those out. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to dive into God's word together, all right? Father, we love you. God, we are grateful for an opportunity today, January 1, 2017, God, to come together, worship your name. God, honor you, put you first uh, this year. God, not only we're giving you our, our first in the morning, God, we're giving you our first day of the year, first week, uh, first day of the week, God, to honor you. And Father, I pray as uh, we open your word today, God, that it wouldn't just be a checklist thing that we've done. God, that we wouldn't leave here today the same, but because of your word, God, we would leave here changed and challenged to live a life on purpose that honors you. And God, we'll give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, three biblical truths about faith in Jesus. What does it mean? So in Christ, number one, I am completely forgiven. In Christ, I am completely forgiven. The Bible says in Psalm 103, in verse 12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. That's an incredible promise in Scripture because oftentimes we like to, we like to pick back up the decisions that we've made and the stuff that's happened in our life. The enemy kind of comes in and reminds us. He's called the accuser of the brethren. And oftentimes we like to like pick that stuff back up and kind of wallow in the stuff that we've done. But the Bible says that in Christ we're completely forgiven, that he takes everything and he throws it as far as the east is from the west. Meaning this, if you were to walk east and just start walking, you'll never run out of, play, of room to walk toward the east. And if you'll go, you'll never run into the west. And if you'll start walking west, you'll never run into the east. There's no way that he would ever bring it back up again. No way that that would ever happen. When we started our church, 
uh, we sold everything in 2011 to move to Shelby County, Alabama to plant our church. And we cashed out all of our 401ks and all of our retirement stuff and sold all of our stuff. We sold our cars that we had bought years prior. And we just said, listen, we're, we're going to jump into this thing. It's a dream and we feel like it's a call of God, so we're going to do it. And so we did all of that. And uh, 2012 came and we launched the church and, and we spent all of our money and we didn't have any money. We were poor. Like, we were real poor. Like, we went to KFC to lick other people's fingers kind of poor, okay? We didn't have any money. And my parents were gracious. They had an old vehicle that they had loaned us for a couple of months, and we drove that vehicle until we felt like it might not be safe to ever drive it again. It was one of those death trap kind of... You ever drove a car? Anybody ever had a car that you thought... If I make it to where I'm going, I know that God's hand is on my life. <laughs> like, that's the kind of car you drive. That's the kind of car that we were in. And, and so we finally came to the conclusion, listen, it's not worth it. We're going to have to figure it out. So we bought another car. We bought an SUV. It wasn't new. It was new to us. And, and I liked it a lot. Matter of fact, I'm driving it today. I still have it. And my wife, you might not know my wife, but she's not very well known for, like, keeping a clean car, okay? She doesn't like to vacuum the car or clean out the car. It's always just nasty, and, and it's, 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 you know, it's tension between us and our marriage, but we'll get past it. But I remember one day specifically, we were going to find a place to live, and, and my wife was in our new car driving, and I had gotten out of the car walking down the street, and she pulls into the driveway, and in this particular driveway, there is a massive brick mailbox, okay? Massive. Why do they make mailboxes like forts? I don't know. They did this one. And she pulls in, and as she pulls in, I can hear it even today, the, the, the screech of her sliding down the side of the car and smashing in the driver's side car uh, door with the mailbox. And to this day, church, I could be having the greatest day ever. It can be awesome. Five 100 people could show up at church, 200 of them give their heart to Jesus, and me be celebrating and skipping all the way to the car. And as soon as I see the dent in the side of my car, I get depressed, and I get angry, and I think back to that one time. We didn't even like the house and didn't even move in. We didn't even, but I can go back to that moment in time and think, why did she have to wreck the car? Why does she have to do it? It's a, it's a memory that we can't seem to get over. But the Bible says that in Christ, all things are completely forgiven. But don't we do that in our Christian walk? Don't we do that in our own lives? Don't we beat ourselves up over decisions we've made in our past and can't seem to ever let them go? And you need to know this this morning, that every time that happens, that's not God. That's you most of the time, and it's the enemy some of the time. Bringing things up to wreck your world, to wreck your life, to wreck your season and situation. Because the Bible says that God will never bring it back up again. When Christ created the world, when through the word of God it was created, he knew every dumb decision that you and I would ever make in our life. Did you know that? From the beginning of time, he knew every bad decision that we would make. And you know what he did? This is awesome news. He went ahead and still began the process to send his son to die on a cross to forgive us of our sins. Even though he knew every bad, horrible situation that we would ever find ourselves in, the Bible says he loved us still. And in Christ, all things are completely forgiven. That's a good promise to remember this morning. Then when you're coming into 2017, man, we can lay our past down and never pick it up again. Another one you need to remember is in Christ, I am valuable. I'm valuable. 
everyone here has probably something that you would consider valuable, right? You've got something maybe it doesn't cost particularly a lot of money. Maybe it's sentimental. Maybe it's just priceless to you. I've got one of those things. I've got a hat that um, my father-in-law bought me probably eight, nine, ten years ago. And it's an Alabama hat. If you know me, I'm a pretty big Alabama fan. I have, uh, I've been able to back off of it a little bit over the years, but I'm still a pretty big Alabama fan. We won yesterday. Come on, roll tide. A couple of you are saved in here. I hear you. Listen, listen, but it's a huge, I mean, it's valuable to me. Now, you need to know this. This hat is disgusting. It's nasty. It used to be a white hat. Now it's like an off-gray hat, okay? And uh, it, it's all shredded and torn on the bill. It's literally worth nothing to any other person on the planet except me. It's valuable to me. I seem to be some sort of, uh, somehow a little bit superstitious. So I kind of think that that particular hat is the reason that we've won national championships over the past six or seven years. And I kind of think that me wearing that hat is the specific reason maybe we found ourselves uh, in positions to win SEC championships. And so I wear the hat. I wear it all of the time. And you wouldn't pay a dime for it, but I wouldn't sell it to you for anything you would offer to me. Why? Because it's valuable to me. Meaning this, that something's only as valuable as what somebody's willing to pay for it, right? Don't you agree with that? Something's only as valuable as something as, as what somebody is willing to pay for it. C.J. Spiller is an athlete in the NFL and used to play for Clemson Tigers. And he was an All-American uh, wide receiver. He was an incredible athlete. And whenever he uh, went into the NFL, the Buffalo Bills drafted him for five years a five-year contract worth $25 million. Now, who would say that's a lot of money? Anybody in here would say that's a good bit of money? That's, a, that's not pocket change, right? I mean, you, some people say money can't buy happiness, but you know, wouldn't we all like to try a little bit at least once, right? Five years, $25 million. That's a lot of money. Something's only as valuable as what someone is willing <coughs> to pay for it. I can tell you this, the Buffalo Bills would take one look at me and laugh. Laugh me out of the complex. No way they're going to value me at $25 million. But they valued him that, so they're willing to pay that. Athletes all over the world today making hundreds of millions of dollars because of the value they add to a team. In light of thinking that process and thinking through that, doesn't that shed a brand new light on John 3.16? You know, the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he paid the greatest price that could ever be paid for you and I. The Bible says that he sent his son to live a sinless life on this earth, to give up his deity, to come to earth, give it up, shed his blood for you and for me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Church, how dare we stand in the shadow of a blood-stained cross and worry about how unvaluable we may be because of the decisions that we've made or something that we've done. You need to know that God sees you as ultimately, supremely valuable. He loves you in the mess that we're in and the stuff that we find ourselves in. He loves us so much that he's willing to pay the highest price to redeem us, to purchase our salvation. Why? Because in Christ, we are valuable. We're valuable to God. He loves you. 
right where you are, just like you are, just how you are in the season of life that you're in. You're valuable. And then number three today I'll share with you is I am loved unconditionally. I am loved unconditionally. Truth is, none of us really love unconditionally. None of us ever really do. We would say that we do. Many of us say that we love our kids unconditionally or there's something that we may love unconditionally in, in life. But the truth is, we wouldn't, and I can prove it. We just got off of the holidays, right? Anybody spend time with people on the holidays? You, many of us, uh, spent time with people that in any other setting, we would never be caught dead in a room with them. They're called family, <laughs> Never would we be caught dead in a room with them unless it was a holiday, right? We don't love people unconditionally. And every, every family, every family's got a weirdo, right? I mean, everybody's got one. Some of y'all are sitting in here going like, my family don't have any weirdos. It's you. <laughs> They're talking about you. But, but we, would, we don't love people unconditionally, church. We love people based on how people treat us. And we are nice to people based on how good they are to us. And in general, that's just how the world works. But I do love someone unconditionally, and I didn't know it until 2010. My daughter, Isabella Grace, was born in March 2010. And, and I thought I knew what unconditional love was until that day. And that day I realized that all years, everybody in my life prior to her, at that moment, I loved conditionally. But something happened when my daughter was born that, that just opened a, a, a light bulb went off in my head. And I realized instantly what unconditional love was. Now let me walk you through the process of figuring that out, okay? I did not love her because the birthing process was so beautiful. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I didn't love her because that was awesome. It's the most horrific thing I've ever seen in my life. Why in the world do they insist on the husband go in the room and experience the birthing process? I don't know. I was, I was horrified. It's not the birthing process. Women say that because they're completely doped up, okay? Like they say, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced. You're on drugs. You don't know what you're experiencing. You don't know what's going on. Let me tell you from a man who was in his right mind at the moment, it's awful. <laughs> you don't want to be there. I didn't love my daughter because the birthing process was beautiful. And some people say, well, maybe you love her because she was so beautiful. Well, let's be honest. Come on, we, we, we've, we've got some parents in here. Everybody's baby comes out at that moment looking like, like an alien, Okay. They're not that beautiful at the moment that you see them first. I remember the first time I saw my daughter, and I was like, sweetheart, look. <laughs> look what we got. <laughs> Surely it'll change. You don't love your children based on how beautiful they are. And let's be honest. Come on. The baby, the first year of their life, the first five years of their life, probably do everything to their power in their, in their strength to make us not like them anymore. <laughs> They're not nice. They don't, they don't come out knowing how to say please and thank you and yes sir and no ma'am. And they don't come out being selfless, generous people, do they? That's not something we have to be taught in our life. I mean, that uh, anger and malice and, and just selfishness is something that we just naturally are. 
So you don't love your kid because they're so awesome, and you don't love them because they're so beautiful, and you don't love them because they, uh, they love you back instantly with, with, no, with, nothing, with, with nothing else going on. You love them because they're yours, and that's what I learned. All of a sudden, it wasn't because she was so beautiful or had everything all together. I had instant, unconditional love because now my daughter is mine. It's my daughter. It's not somebody else's. It's not someone else's kid. It's mine. I'm responsible for her life. I'm responsible for making sure she grows up and learns generosity and selfless giving and and love of Jesus. That's my responsibility. I'm her father. Bible says in Romans 8, 35, says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And he goes on to say in verse 38, For I am sure, another translation says, I am completely convinced, I'm completely convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor death, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ Jesus our Lord. There's nothing that we could ever do in this life that would separate us from the love of a father who loves you unconditionally, not because of how well you've got things put together, not because you've always made the right decision at the right time, at the right place, not because your marriage has always been the perfect example of the gospel or your finances have always been the perfect example of generosity, not because you've got it all together. God loves you unconditionally because we're his, because we're children of God. That's where unconditional love stems from. And like Paul, I can stand and say there is nothing I'm convinced there's nothing that could ever separate us from the love of the Father. No decision you've made in 2016 or years prior could ever separate you from the love of God. And let me tell you this, no decision that you're going to make in 2017 will separate you from the love of the Father. There's no good thing you can do and there's no bad thing that you can do that will make him love you any less than he already does this morning, right now, here and now, because you're unconditionally loved. I'll share one more story with you, and then I'll close. And I used to take my daughter, I still do, on Saturday mornings. Most Saturday mornings, we go on daddy-daughter dates. And I promised myself when she was born that I was going to teach her uh, how a man should treat her. So from the very beginning, every Saturday morning, I would get her up and and at first, it was me and a baby carrier, right? And we would just go. And at the time, we lived in Gulf Shores, Alabama. And there was a specific restaurant that we liked to go eat at, and, or that I liked to go eat at. And so uh, we would go to that restaurant, and I would eat a biscuit, and she would just drool, right? And I hope as we grow older that that continues. And maybe one day we'll go to a restaurant, and she'll eat a biscuit, and I'll drool. <laughs> and that'll just, it'll just be a great lifelong relationship that we've got together. And, but we do that every weekend. And I remember... I remember one specific weekend I had gotten her up and we were going to go to have breakfast. So I got my clothes on and went across the, uh, the, the house to her bedroom and walked into her bedroom. And something overnight had catastrophic had happened. <laughs> I walked into the most horrendous smell I could ever think. Even thinking back, we've got a newborn right now. He's eight months old and to this day he hasn't smelled like she smelled that day. It was a bad day. Apparently overnight, we didn't know this, but apparently overnight she had gotten some sort of virus. And 
Obviously, when babies get viruses, you know what happens. When we all get viruses, you know what happens. And she had done those things all through the night, apparently. And, you know, both ends, mouth, I mean, it was awful, okay? Like, without being too graphic, okay, I know you got New Year's dinner coming later. Without being too graphic, it was unbelievably nasty, all right? So here's what I did. Well, let me tell you what I didn't do. I didn't go pick my daughter up and say, listen, go clean yourself up and Whenever you get cleaned up, then we'll go, then you can go on your date with dad and we'll go eat biscuits. I didn't tell her that, hey, little girls don't make messes, and I'm ashamed that you did that. And because you did that, you're not we're no we're no longer gonna hang out together. Let me tell you what I did. I picked my daughter up and I took her to the bathroom and I took all the clothes off of her and I gave her a bath and I put fresh clothes on her and then I laid her in a a, a crib, a, a laid her in a car seat, and then I went to her crib and I cleaned up her room and I washed all of her clothes, and I picked her up, and we went and did what we were supposed to do that day. Why? Because, hey, listen, I don't love her because she's, I don't love her because of the decisions she made. I love her because I'm her father, and I'm her father, and I'm bigger than any mess she could ever make in her life. I'm bigger than any decisions she could ever make in her life, and no matter what she does, and how she does it, and when she does it, and what it looks like when she does it, I'm her father, and I'm going to be there to pick her back up, and you need to know that's how the father loves you. That's how God loves you this morning. I want to pray with you. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? Maybe you're here today and, man, 2016, if you were really, really honest, if you were just honest with yourself, you would say that was the worst year of my life. Pastor Brandon, if you knew the stuff that I've done or the things that we've gone through, man, it would blow your mind. But I want to tell you today that it doesn't matter, church. It doesn't matter, church. You can look forward to today and forward to tomorrow and look forward to 2017 because you have a Father in heaven who has forgiven you completely, values you more than you could ever dream or imagine, and you are completely unconditionally loved by him. So you've not been able to forgive yourself. You've not been able to lay down your own stuff. Maybe you're in here and this has been years. This has been a lifelong battle. Maybe you're, maybe you've been a believer for generations. But man, every single year, seems like every time you might want to give it all to God, no matter what, it seems like the enemy just keeps whispering back in your ear no way you could do that. Look at what you did. Look at the decisions you've made. The marriage that failed, the finances that failed, the relationships that didn't work, the lies you've told, the people that you've cheated, the stuff that you've done seems to never go away and there's no way God can really forgive you of those things. Church, I want to tell you this morning, the grace of God covers all sin. All shame, every failure, every mistake, it covers it all. So here's what I want to do. I want to lead you in a prayer. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, Pastor Brandon, I need to know who Jesus is. Truth is, you're telling me about a God who loves me unconditionally. You're telling me about a God who will wipe away every mistake I've ever made and sin I've ever committed. 
I don't know if I've actually ever committed my life to a God like that. This morning, I want to offer you an opportunity to accept Him as your Savior. Then maybe there's someone in here today who says, you know what, I'm a believer, but man, it's really hard to get past my past. Pastor Brandon, I want you to pray for me that that today I'll lay it all down at the foot of the cross. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up? I want to pray with you this morning. Come on, there's some stuff. Come on, I see that hand. That's awesome. There's some stuff in my life that I just can't seem to let down. Come on, I see that one. I need to to lay it all completely down to Him. So, Father, we love you today, and we're grateful for your mercy and your grace. God, that you love us unconditionally. There's nothing in our life that we could do. There's no mess that we could make of our life that you wouldn't forgive. It's your grace. Jesus, you died on a cross. You paid the highest price for our salvation. So, Father, for the people in here today who are feeling the power of the Holy Spirit right now in their life, God, I pray that you would show them that they need a Savior. Right where they're sitting, Father, that you would forgive us of our sins. God, we just confess today that there's nothing good in any of us apart from you. God, we just confess today that we've tried it way too long on our own. And today we want to commit to you. Not just as our Savior, but Father, we want to commit to him as our Lord. So we just confess that we're going to walk out of this place different today. Living a life on purpose that honors you. Thanking you for salvation and eternity waiting for us. And then, Father, there are those who raised their hands and said, I just need, I need God. I need to know how to let go. I need to let it go. So, Father, I pray for every person right now who are haunted by the decisions they've made in their life, the broken relationships, the broken marriages, the finances. God, the the gossip, the lies, the friendships that have been broken, the shame that they carry every day of their life. Father, I pray that today, right now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you would wrap them in your love. That they would begin to understand. And that they would leave here convinced there's nothing that could separate us from the love of God. Jesus, we love you. We celebrate you. And we honor life change today. God, let 2017 be different. And Father, that you would order our steps according to your word. And God, that we would live a life on purpose for you. We love you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's finish out our service. Is he a good God? Amen. Let's tell Brandon, thank you so much. Let's show him some love for coming and preaching the word of God. As we close out our service, I invite you just to sing this simple chorus, a simple chorus that we would lift our hands, we would worship him, not just in this service, so not just when we come together on Sunday morning, when we live this life day in, day out, we would declare, well, God, we want to worship you because of who you are.
He's a good God. Amen. We come to worship Him. We go. We don't just come to worship Him. We go and worship Him with our lives. We love you. We thank you so much for being part of this first first Sunday service as we get together and we come together on a monthly basis. If you need anything, if we can talk with you on anything, counsel with you, we'll be off to the side. We love you. Thank you so much. You are dismissed.